Carnivorous couch, shit happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch with Brady and Rob. Hey everybody, everybody. Thank you and welcome to another episode of Carnivorous Couch. The podcast where we do a film a week from two film geeks. This week we did Monster House. As always, we have this spoiler full podcast, and Rob, me, is on it every week, and we've got Brady. Hello, hello, hello. And we have the specialist guest, the specialist guest, Tess. Yeah, I'll be on the podcast, I guess, until I lose Rochambeau. <laughs> right. Yeah, you guys, Can guests are on a. What is it, a four or three? What was it that Maddie wanted me to How many suggest? movies have you guys gotten in a row at this point? Is well, Maddie won one. And then you and won then two I, in a I row? And I won two. So will the no-hitter continue? Uh, no. Obviously not. It, it just can't. It can't go on it like this. It cannot go This is not sustainable. Uh, what was the movie that Maddie wanted me to suggest? I, if they win seven in a row, they get to steal the cast from us, and then it's mm-hmm. the yeah, mm-hmm. couch with Maddie and Tess. Yeah. But who will do all the, the hard work? Listen, these decisions aren't easy, and we appreciate all the years you put in. <laughs> okay, well... I know. <laughs> I, I know when I'm beaded. Oh, I have to take off this shirt. I am too warm. Okay. So. So. Um, yes. Monster did we House. say what we've done? Oh, yeah, Monster House from 2006. 2006. Yeah. Anyone have the name of the director handy? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. David I Gilman. Immediately forgot what his name was. Um, I, I know I Dan Harmon wrote it. With, and a couple with a couple other people, but I cannot right. remember the name of the director. Yeah, and I mostly thought of it as a Zemeckis thing because it's his company that was doing all the uh, yeah. graphics and animation. And it's the same technology they used for Polar Express. Yeah, that's the big thing. Is the animation style is uh, you know otherwise Zemeckis's producer wouldn't be such a thing to note, but it's him, his technology, which he still is like always working with. I think even The Witches, which just came out, might have a bit of it. Yeah, and, I know, mean, it's it's essentially motion capture. So they just have the person right. act so like a normal-ass person, and then they take their, their ping-pong ball locations and do motion capture and oh. face, facial movement stuff. Right, so this is that applied to, I'd say, more of a standard, you know, annual, uh, annual animated children's movie where Polar Express is something a little weirder, I'd say. Way un- way more uncanny. I-, I liked the animation in this. I thought it was... I liked the animation of the house. I had to get used to the animation of the character. I- I'm not... I don't entirely like the character design, but by the end, um, I at least appreciated that it was pretty expressive, mm-hmm. even if these people look like very strange... <laughs> Zombie people at times. Yeah, and they and they manage not, not to uh, have a whole you know uncanny valley sort of thing, mm-hmm. except for maybe that Bones character. Bones is he very was so weird looking, but I think that was intentional. You know, I think they just tried to make him look like Mick Jagger, so they made his face huge. Yeah, who was the actor? Does the actor kind of look like that? Jason Lee. Does he look no. like that? No, no, not at all. What's he look like? Who is he? He looks uh, like Brody handsome, from Mallrats. Handsome brunette guy. He's 
You know him. He's in Almost Famous as the lead singer. He's got oh. a very distinctive voice that does not sound like Bones. It's actually, I mean, he's an actor, so he should be allowed to Seems play like parts. He's a voice actor. But it's it's weird for me when I was like, Jason Lee's doing a voice that that isn't Jason Lee. Like his, he's got such a distinctive like gravelly whine uh, that it's it's interesting and odd to hear him doing this kind of stoner like, oh, hey, what up, dude? H- Hi, yeah, my, my name is uh, Bones. <laughs> yeah. My name is Bones. I'm kind of a Keanu type, but dickish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, do we want to do the plot? Yeah, yeah, let's do the plot synopsis. Who wants to do it? Well, you wrote down everything that was yeah, going on. Yeah, you wrote so all the notes. <laughs> Why don't you do it? Monster House. <laughs> Let me see. My last note that I took at of this is at the movies with her personal trainer, which is a joke Chowder makes. That's it. But no, I think what I can remember. What does that mean? It, uh, he, it's like a joke. He's saying like, oh, where's your mom? It's like, oh, my dad's like at the office and my mom's at the movies with her personal trainer. Oh. So it's, I thought he it's just an said adultery. one of her friends. No, it's, it's, an, adultery it's an adultery joke. joke and also a joke of like personal trainer. Why are you guys at the movies? Right. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's, it's clever. Dan Harmon's presence is felt in this. Oh, I've totally felt it. Yeah. Anyway, let me start. Okay. Let's do it. Well, okay. Well, we can bounce back and forth. Okay, How about we, that? we'll do a bit of bounce. So here's where we open. We with open some Forrest Gump shit. With some real Zemeckis shit. Um, yeah. Actually, a pretty opening shot of a very autumnal fall town with the you know, red and orange and yellow leaves. And we watch an orange leaf float in what is clearly homage to Forrest Gump's feather. Mm-hmm. And that floats kind of next to our first intro character, which is a little girl... Riding on her tricycle, so cute, singing a very annoying song. She's going, la, 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 la. And Rob had said before the movie started, is this going to be loud or will it have any high shrieking voices? Because I'd really like to not have that. For and personal reasons. This movie is very loud and high pitched. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But luckily, that girl's tricycle gets broken by an old man who's doing the get off my lawn thing, and I was happy. Yeah, she, she, was sad. <laughs> she ends up on the lawn of cranky old Mr. Nettermeyer, or uh, whatever. Yeah, net, it's like something like ne- that. Never. Never cracker. Never cracker, thank you. And he's the, uh, you know, he's like the cranky old man who doesn't want to associate with anyone. He's a recluse, and he's always yelling at people to get off of his lawn. So one day... He's the opposite of Donnie from Big Lebowski. He even is. though he's played by... By, by Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Well, you don't think I can do multiple parts? I'm a trained actor. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so we go from there. He breaks her tricycle, takes it inside his house, and then we zoom across the street into a child's bedroom window where our protagonist, DJ, is spying through his telescope at zoom. the old man. He's taking notes because he's noticed a pattern of this guy for years stealing any toy or piece of property that comes onto his lawn. Yeah, he's just taking tricycles. Yeah. And it's almost Halloween. DJ's parents are going out of town for a trip for a couple days. And he's being babysat by... Oh, do you remember the babysitter's name? Uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Z. But she wants to be called Z. She's Z now. She's played by Maggie Gyllenhaal in a... It's a pretty good voice performance. Oh, I think she's, she does a great job. Yeah, yeah, she's... Yeah. I agree. I like her. And she's kind of a, a disinterested, you know, punk rock babysitter. And she's like, listen, 
I'm not doing bedtime stories. I'm not tucking you in. Just let's stay out of each other's way. And she also brings her new boyfriend, Bones, played by Jason Lee. Yeah. Who's, hey, what's up, dude? It's, he's the most uncanny. What and it has something to do with the shape of his mouth. It looks like <laughs> like one of those birds that have teeth. He's just like... La, la, la. Yeah. He freaked me out a little. His, I, his character design is so weird. I thought they were just like making his face an amalgamation of like... Of Ramon or Mick Jagger yeah. or something, because he's supposed to be like a rock and roller. A rock and roller. Rock and roller. Oh, okay. So speaking of rock and roller, speaking at of. the end of rock and roll, they say oh, this actor will be back in the real rock and roller, and then they never made that movie. I've never seen Rock and Roll. I have Rola. no idea what <laughs> you interjected Guy to rock tell and us. <laughs> it's a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, okay, so what happens then is DJ's friend Chowder comes over, and they're playing basketball in the front drive, and the basketball bounces and accidentally lands in Mr. Niederbaker's... Again, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Baker Baker's lawn. Never cracker. Never cracker. Never cracker. Never cracker. It's, it's like, you know being a ventriloquist and saying, never a cracker. Never a cracker, okay? Do ventriloquists say that? But boy bought the basketball. <laughs> yeah, so this leads to an encounter where DJ tries to get the ball back. Never cracker accosts him and holds him up. He's like, what are you doing, you kid? Why are you on my lawn? And then falls over. Uh, it looks like he's dead. Yeah. The ambulance takes him away. And Chowder, his friend, is like, dude... You killed an old man, man. That's fucked up. Yeah. He, does, he doesn't say it like that, but... No, he's a manslaughterer now. Yeah, you, you manslaughtered. He's like, I'm a murderer. It's like, no, when you do it by accident, it's called manslaughter. So he's a manslaughterer. Uh-huh. And that night, something freaky happens. We notice that the house can suddenly eat people. It eats uh, bones. And how did they find out that it ate bones? Did he just doesn't come back. He sees it. Oh, he sees it. He sneaks out back, and then he sees bones get eaten. Right. Yeah. His bones lost his kite many years ago as a child to Mr. Nebercracker. Nebercracker's been Good in that job. house 45 years. So then, what you'd expect is like, okay, we got to figure this out. Even though, I mean, I guess the, the plot motivation is strong enough, but I noticed, I was like, they don't really have like, a stake in this other than I guess getting the basketball back and also it's just not good for a house to murder people. Yeah, I I felt like, like that was kind of... They don't have a strong personal interest in... No, they're just kids and they, they have to do it because it must be done. And they're the they only ones who notice. So I, yeah. I got the impression no, no, I'm just that uh, the kid feels personally responsible for the house killing people because he killed Mr. Oh, okay. okay, that makes sense. So he's like, it's going to kill me if I don't kill it kind of a situation. Like, he's, yeah, not yeah, only does he feel responsible, but he feels like, you know, it's gonna, it's coming after me. Well, in general, this this kid's just obsessed with this neighbor in this house. Right, and anyway, has been before and has then. has been, yeah. So, yeah, okay. So they start hatching a plot. Soon a third child character wanders into the plot, which is a prep school girl by the name of... Jenny. Jenny, and she's... Very enterprising. She's going around with a wagon of candy trying to get people to buy because it's Halloween. Yes. And she's Don't selling run out it of as candy. it's TP insurance. It's 
if you run out of candy, you're going to get egged, you're going to get toilet papered. Buy some of my candy, no problem. What a, what a smart kid. Yup. And so she happens upon DJ's house, and after she has, you know, a cute little tete-a-tete with Z, the babysitter, and convinces her to buy some candy, um, she then goes across the street to the monster house. And Chowder and DJ see this, and they go running, trying to stop her, and they narrowly save her life. Uh, then some police officers show up. Is that right? That's right. They call the yeah. police. Oh yeah, they call the police. Well, they all call the police and say, "Police, uh, you got to take care of this." And the police, of course, go, uh, "You kids, crazy. The house is obviously not doing that, or you're playing a joke on me, or whatever." Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Um. Yes. And so they come up with a plan to try to get into the house while it's not in active beast mode. And the idea is to uh, robo-trip the house. Yeah. Defeat it a bunch of DXM. <laughs> uh, and it saddens me to say that plot never comes to fruition in the I'm movie. I'm so sad that that, I was like, this is great. I can't wait to see them drug this house. God damn it. <laughs> we don't get the drug house. Oh, well. Um, so what happens is they dress up this little dummy made of a vacuum cleaner that's full of the DXM. And they disguise it as a kid. And it almost works, but the damn cops happen to roll by that street as it's about to happen. They yeah, unplug and they're like, the vacuum. Ah, uh, you kids got uh, vandalism stuff and DXM. Yeah, and, and we already told you not to mess with this house from the first time you called us. Mm-hmm. So you're going to jail. Except, uh, no, never mind, we get eaten by the house. Exactly. See, that's, that's a short way of saying it, right? Yeah. I don't need to actually tell all the Nick Cannon jokes in the scene. Yeah. Uh, we also skip. They go to the arcade because there's this guy at the oh, arcade. Oh, right. Who yeah. They, who they view as super smart. And in reality, he's just a nerd. But he was right about the house. But but he's basically saying, like, yeah, you got to get to the heart inside the house. And that's what makes them hatch this plan. They're going to put the house to sleep and then go find the heart, which they believe to be in the, thir- the furnace, to stop the house. Yeah. Let me say the things, the two things that make this most a 2000s movie with Zemeckis's like Uncanny Valley animation being the third, I guess, eh. is Nick Cannon and Napoleon Dynamite's John Hader in like comedic roles. Yeah. Who are either of them? Napoleon Dynamite is the arcade master. Oh. Well, I thought he was funny. Um, uh, I, yeah, John Hader doesn't act much anymore. I don't mind that. Um, yeah. What and was Nick about Cannon's, the other guy? Nick Cannon's currently hosting a uh, television show that's like an improv game. Nick Which Cannon's the rookie cop. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those jokes were real dumb. Yeah, they're real sweaty. They're both, both sweaty so, so comedic sweaty. presences. He, he's also, uh, he raps and stuff. Nick Cannon's been trying to, to get his feet off the ground. For he's a, a very, like... MC, not like MC rapping, even though he does do that, but like MC uh, of a show kind of personality, where it's like, oh, you know, I'm here to make the jokes go down easy. I got like some some patter, kind of like Seth MacFarlane sometimes wants to be, mm. where it's like he just wants to be the showman who's kind of just like motor mouth. Well, like I said, currently he like uh, is the uh, host of an improv show where there's a bunch of people on one team, a bunch of people on the other team. Right. And prompts, and prompts, yeah, and so. he's done that in the past too. Yeah. Um, that's kind of his thing. So, so maybe like a, uh, I guess Drew Carey. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and 
roughly equivalent talent in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope Nick Cannon doesn't hear this. Okay, so oh the boy. cops intervene, the cops get eaten. Uh, Nebercracker then comes back. He comes back. Well, first they have this whole sequence where the kids get eaten in the house. Oh, the house right. doesn't know they're there. Right. And that's where they discover that there's a very large... Uh, and, and throughout all this, uh, DJ and Chowder are fighting over Jenny because they both have crushes on her. Yes, they are. Uh, which I found annoying. Uh, that stuff I could have used less of. Yeah. Um, and they find in the basement the entombed in concrete, the corpse of a very large woman, a giantess. And they find a cage that says giantess. A giantess? Constance. I'm not that big. No, but this is a big version of you. Like oh, a no. giant one. A <laughs> no. giantess. I want to be normal-sized. <laughs> you are normal-sized. I'm just saying that this character is a giant Tess. <laughs> okay, so we get a big set piece where they're narrowly escaping the gnashing teeth made of the floorboards. And we should also point out here that there's some creative stuff with, like, how the house, how they liken it to um, human anatomy. So there's, like, a big, like, what do you call those lamps that are made of smaller lamps in a net? That's kind of that kind of thing. I don't know what you call it. What the hell? It's very piratey. It was the uvula. I don't even know if that's a real thing, that kind of lamp. Like, have you seen a lamp like that in real life? Haven't you seen, like, stuff where it's, like, made of balls? I don't know. Big Mm. glass balls. It was just just a spooky house thing. With glass balls in it. Yeah, a net of lights. Like yeah, a net it's of a, lights. It's like a kind it's of a Christmas th- light string. They have the dangly ones. They have the net ones. They have... Okay, yeah. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> the house is sold. It's got some Baroque trappings. What can I say? Yeah. And, you know, the, the tongue is the carpet. And the kids, you know, go through a, a pretty impressive visual sequence mm-hmm. of, like, narrowly escaping the jaws and, you know, running along the tongue and jumping and hanging from the uvula, which is what eventually saves them is... Jenny hangs from the uvula, and then they get vomited out. Uh, yeah, did we just get time. upchucked, bro? Or something? Uh, yeah, that luckily says. only covered in what seems to be saliva. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess it's water. His name's Chowder. It makes sense that he might be vomited out. Oh God, I felt that in my oh soul. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I made you feel bad, didn't I? At any rate, then Nebracracker comes back and he explains his wife is haunting the house. And we go to a flashback, kind of the the movie's a very moving trump card where he he pines for his uh, his dead wife. He flashes back to being a, was he in the army or something? He was a demolitions expert. Oh right, and he goes to a circus, and everyone is being really mean to the giantess, uh, except him. He's transfixed, and while they're all throwing rotten vegetables at her, he's like, "I love her. I will save her." So he hitches her cage. Um, she's like literally she's, in like a lion a cage, cage. <laughs> yep. awful to his trailer hitch and takes her to a property he's bought and they're going to build a new life together yeah, and, and once he gets to the property then he can open the cage no problem but at, at the beginning he just leaves her maybe because she was a, gi- a giantess she couldn't fit in the sedan oh that's okay she maybe. could fit in the bag of his bed of his pickup truck It'd be nicer than being in a, a cage. He just had a sedan. Like he had a little four door. He had a Nissan it's Stanza. Very, yeah, he had like a Nissan Stanza. It's it's possible that like she would not fit because she was like a giantess. Sure, I'll buy it. She or, was a big lady. Or I was just trying to make a joke about how he leaves her in the cage longer than I felt was necessary. <laughs> yeah, they, he even goes to get food and leaves her there. It's 
I thought that was unnecessary, too, how he left her in the In-N-Out parking lot for 40 minutes. <laughs> well, yes, and not only that, but... So, but what happens? He bought this property. They're going to build a house together. She's going to have maybe a normal life, but the pain of what she's been through makes her reactionary, understandably. So she when, doesn't like having things thrown at her. I, yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't like my house being egged either. And then the kids are throwing stuff at her because it's Halloween, so this is right. especially the time when she kind of wigs out. And also, Halloween is around the time that this particular thing is set. We also skipped the idea that DJ oh, and Chowder are arguing about whether or not they're trick going or to trick-or-treat or they're Happy getting Happy Halloween! We Happy did Halloween. This, we did this for Halloween is next weekend. Yeah. yeah. Halloween's next weekend. We'll be doing another, how, or, well, we might do a scary movie. We might not. Who knows? But, yeah. That's the... Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, what happens is she gets very enraged. Uh, Mr. Nebercracker is trying to calm her down. Uh, that's what she calls her husband, Mr. Nebercracker. <laughs> and, and in her anger, she accidentally slips into the construction of the basement where there's a bunch of cement and that we learn is how she came to be encased in the cement. And how she died. And oh, now, as a result, all that anger, all that trauma has now come to haunt the house. Constance the giantess haunts the house once a year at Halloween and so what Mr. Nebercracker realized was even though he is a perfectly nice person, He's going to need to, year-round, be a mean dick, because if people, co people come around to Halloween, they're going to get eaten. Yeah, he's protecting people from the house. So, um, then he decides, okay, we all knew this day would come. i got to blow up the house, my wife, blow it up. or whatever. Uh, so he tries to, but he fails, so he gives the dynamite to DJ, so that the three kids can do it. Yeah. And uh, then the kids uh, find, the, the kids do do it. They do it. And then they find uh, Never Nebercracker in mourning. And then Nebercracker's actually not super upset. He's like, oh, it's been 45 years and I'm, we're free. We're free. How cute. There's a we there. I don't know if it's supposed to be a golem thing or he just means both me and my wife. Yeah, yeah he, was he, he was trapped in the house. Like, he, he, he was in a situation where, like, he couldn't. All right, yeah. that's your take on it. Okay, or it's the royal we. Hmm. Um, no, no, because... I don't he, think he's royal at all. He's a demolitions expert. They don't keep those in the royals. I'm a demolitions expert. What do you think, I'm a king? You crazy? Um, but no, because uh, as... After the demolition, we see uh, kind of the ghost of Constance dancing with him for a second. So yeah. I think it's like, you know, it's nice for everyone. No one wants to have to haunt a house that has teeth. Aww. He's happy his ordeal of marriage is over. Yeah. Yeah, he loved lost. her. He loved her. He loved her. He loved her. And then he was very married nice. to a house. He was they, very happy with being with her. They go to the, you know, the place where the basement is because the house actually leaves the property in the final set piece to chase the kids, and so now there's just <laughs> a hole where all that is with the toys that Nebercrapper Crapper <laughs> has, <laughs> has stolen over the you years. You got so good, and now you've gone bad. And, you know, in a, in a very Grinchy kind of ending they they give all the toys back that have been stolen over the years and uh you know a little girl gets her trike back thankfully does not resume the song she was singing which would have broken rob i was happy that her trike got broken in half by nebercracker and it's like wait, why did they undo that yeah 
They put it, yeah. And then what happens at the very end? There's one more thing. The, uh, everyone else comes out. Oh, no, yeah. the, the boy, the girl and the boy ones. Um, They're all like, going to hang out. Are going to all hang out together. Mm -hmm. And the DJ might be, like, her boyfriend now? No, oh, I, I no she hugs yes, them both. She, yeah, she, she hugs but she, them During both. the climax. And it's like a pep pep kiss. She, it's like, she, she, we'll talk about this later. She kisses him and hugs him. Let's and just say what like, happens. She hugs them both and says, let's hang out soon then, you guys. Um, and then everybody else who was in the house comes, comes, comes out of the house. Right. Most of them over the credits. The, the very final shot is Bones climbing out of the hole. Cause With I guess no, Bones is yeah. first and then the cops. Yeah. Well, I was yeah, like, but that's all over like, the credits. Yeah. yeah. Bones. Oh, yeah. And then there was a dog that got eaten that we yeah. failed to, to mention in the uh, plot synopsis. And well. he pees on a jack-o'-lantern and makes it go puffy, puffy, smoky, smoky. And... Yeah, at any rate, you know, your typical ending. It's your typical Monster House movie. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like all the other Monster House movies. Bones always climbs out of the hole in the ground at the end of every Monster House movie that's ever been made. Yeah. True or false? Bones, uh, Zooey Deschanel's sister, definitely does that after every Monster House. Yeah, and Leonard McCoy as well. Like, God, I didn't like being there in that basement. Yeah. They didn't have any space toys. Yeah, Bones. Bones isn't as cool as the other Bones. So she's she's a she's a uh, anthropologist. So yeah. is Bones. I mean, maybe. He, no, Bones is. A, God damn it! I'm a doctor, not a bone. <laughs> not, not an, an anthropologist, anthropologist. Jim. <laughs> damn it, Jim! I got my I'm a degree doctor. in the back of a bar. I'm a doctor, not. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. a psychologist. So that ends the, the plot synopsis. And if case you didn't get it, I think I mentioned this is a spoiler-full podcast. I'm going to go ahead and play the next little bit, which is this. Hey, 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 how do we like it? Ah, uh, yes. How did you like this movie, Brady? Uh, fine. I thought it was fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, um, you know, we were joking, but the truth is we don't actually have a lot of movies about houses that are monsters. No, and this well, one, except for all those other ones where Bones comes out at the end. I know, I know. <laughs> but no, real real talk, um, cool. There's, before 2006, there were precious few movies that were literally about a bunch of kids trying to thwart a house that once a year tries to eat people yeah. and also eats toys. But there's al there's always been like a Little Rascals episode where there's the creepy house in the neighborhood. Okay, it's or, a joke though. Or, yeah. I'm joking. Let me go on. Okay, um, I think it's fine. Um, I found it reasonably entertaining. I remember liking it more in 2006. Mm -hmm. I think I, my perception might have been colored by my favorite critic at the time, and still one of my favorites, Roger Ebert, mm -hmm. who gave this a four-star review, four out of four. And I was like, okay, like, Ebert, like, he, he's not wrong usually, so, like, there must be something else. And I think it's a, it is a good movie. It's very inventive, very engaging, and I think having the likes of Dan Harmon on script uh, keeps this out of formula a little. Um, but it's still doing, like, the formulaic kids fighting thing and, like, you know. It's not entirely out of the mud of that, but I'm going to hold myself, hold myself back here because I think this is a movie for kids. Oh, well, yeah. Um, it's, this one is not like so much a one for grownups, but there's a lot going on visually and I appreciate that. I, I give it a B. It was, it was fine. 
Now I'm sad because I was going to bring up the sand lot in that little diatribe about the creepy houses in the neighborhood. Oh, we'll do stuff. it now. I did. Oh. <laughs> I like this movie too. I think it's a it's a B plus. What? That's the highest grade you've given any movie since we came back this year. Well, what have you watched this year? Uh, it could. This could be correct. <laughs> Uh, this we year. watched Willard, and then before that we watched uh, Avatar, uh, but yeah. after that we watched Project Echo, but before that we watched... Uh, what was the... Uh, we watched... The John uh, Ford. What? The John Ford one. Oh, yeah. Well, I was getting... Oh, that sorry. was before... <laughs> and, 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 and here's a history of our recent episodes for you that you all can listen to on Carnivorous Studios. There was one called Beat the Devil, which was a... Uh, uh, a nice movie with Humphrey Bogart in it. There was also one on Call Me Lucky, which is a biopic on but um, um, Crimmins, okay. Barry Crimmins. These all sound good. Yeah. But you give this, you give Monster House a B plus. I give Monster House a B plus. I thought it, I thought it was good. I like the, uh, you know, the gumption of this one and and the way, you know. It didn't. It didn't try to do something that it shouldn't, and it, it did a good job of what it did do, which is like, hey, opening. There's a creepy monster house. Hey, yes, there really is a creepy monster house, but nobody believes us. Hey, no, that guy that we thought was so bad was actually protecting us from the creepy monster house, and we blew up the creepy monster house, and now everything's okay. Nice little three-act structure. A question: mm -hmm. If you could add a monster house to any of the movies we've covered this year, what would it be? Oh, it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be Call Me Lucky. <laughs> in fact, there kind of was a monster house in that movie. <laughs> so. he, he would hate that monster house. Yeah, he would hate it if it got up and started Fucking walking. Fucking monster over. house. <laughs> God damn it, monster house. This is the reason I didn't leave. I don't want to be a victim of your foreign policy. <laughs> then he goes and testifies to a Senate subcommittee about monster houses. Exactly. Like, there's too many of them. <laughs> so I liked it. Tess, what is your opinion how did you like this movie? Uh, I like Brady. Uh, probably had a stronger uh, feeling about it when I saw it when it came out in 2006. Uh, um, I remember really liking it and um, just feeling like it was it was really like subtle, good writing. Um, the humor was I remember like sticking out to me as being quite good and. Just the pacing up until the end, um, I really enjoyed. And uh, rewatching it, like it just it it hits me as more of a kids' movie than I remembered it being. Um, and like, which is not to say that it's it doesn't have like it, it's definitely a kids' movie that I wouldn't show to like a kid younger than like ten or eleven. You know, because it's 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 genuinely like has like some scary stuff happening. And they might have slipped um, a shit past the censors. Yeah, yeah, they might have slipped a shit past the censors. Um, I think he's saying, "Jenny, are you are are you okay?" But it sounds like he's saying, "Shit, are you okay?" <laughs> uh, he stepped in shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so yeah, it's like scarier than I would recommend for very young children but um if your kid likes scary stuff then this is like good for kind of like the older kid demographic of like you know 10 to to early teens um 
I would give this movie a, uh, a, a B, good solid B. It's, it's a good movie with a good script. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just, you know, it's not, it's not what I remembered seeing, you know? And I don't know, like, what has changed in the 14 years <laughs> since this came out. Uh, that that's changing my tune in this way. Maybe it was like at the time I hadn't seen anything quite like it, and now there are lots of things like it. Yeah, you know, in the monster housing bubble burst, it was yeah. a different time. Mm -hmm. After the recession, no one could afford a monster house anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We can all afford monster houses now, though, after that big <laughs> corona boom. Mm. Nice little monster house. You know, raise a family, some dogs in the monster house yard. Yeah, some monster dogs, some monster, monster babies, some monster toddlers. Are you going to fuck the house? One of the things I did find surprising about it in terms of, like, how scary it, it kind of actually was is, like, they, they like, allow the, the, you to think this guy is dead and that this kid is a murderer for, like, most of the movie, which is scary. <laughs> they do, and, like... He makes such, like, a death rictus face, and then he, like, falls face yeah. first onto D uh, DJ's face. Yeah, but it's also not really a murder. It's the guy had a heart attack because he was angry and yelling at the goddamn kid. No, I know, but it's more the idea that an old man's corpse fell on your face. Right, like, that's so scary. And then when they find, like, the, the tomb or the shrine when they're inside the house... It's like this lady got encased in concrete, and then they break the concrete, and there's like a skeleton in there. Like, that's that's just fucked up. It is pretty morbid. I guess that's that gumption you're talking about, right? right. It's like some bold shit. And I, then, I think it's all yeah. good. I mean, you gotta you gotta toughen the kids up, especially these kids. Like, I don't kids know. Up. Like, am I am I remiss in feeling that perhaps this wouldn't get made today, or if it did, it would have a PG-13 rating? I think it definitely would get made today, especially since... They steal drugs from the pharmacy and try and give them to a house. I, I think we're and more permissive like of that. And there's like a kid drinking beer. Oh, come on. It's not the 80s, though. Yeah, it's a pretty inoffensive movie. I, this could, I think, still get made. Yeah, but it's not currently the 80s. I think in the 80s, yeah, you might have a point, but I think now they're like, yeah, whatever, kids stealing drugs, 19-year-olds drinking beer, looking like Mick Jagger cross with Joey Ramone. Like, it's all fine. Yeah. You we know, live these, in a permissive time now. These kids need Media to toughen up. When I was young, we played outside with giantess corpse bones. Yeah. Yeah, we played baseball with the femur. Yeah. Good bat. It's a good bat. It's a good, it's a solid bat. Exactly. Rat-a-tat-tat. Say hello to my giantess femur bat. Oh! <laughs> Callback. Indeed. Um, <laughs> um, what, what's the, what's the, what, uh, we, we talked, uh, we were talking about how we liked it. <laughs> yeah, we did that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that was a stinky one. Oh, no. Ew. It wasn't actually, but now I made you both psychosomatically feel that way. I'm such a dick. This is good. This is good content. We really need let's, this content. Let's now ask a question. Can I ask a question? What's it all about? Are we going to what's it all about already? I mean, it comes right after how did we like it? You got more to say on how you liked it? I was wondering when it was set. 
But I guess we can do that. Two thousand six. I think it's present. There's not like any. Oh, you really think so? Yeah. Yeah. I. They still got suburbs. I think it like was. Um, I think it was. But yeah, yeah. What, what, what's it all about? What I think it's all about <laughs> is. Um, in 1992 or four, <laughs> this happens. Okay, sure. Uh, why? Why 94? The clothing, the car, that gremlin. They were that's, just wearing regular that's, that's clothes. That's The super soakers, the video game arcade that he's playing is like kind of like a golden axe or a gauntlet type thing. I think. I think it was. Oh, uh, you mean that they still had those in arcades, like the really. Old she school. does listen to a tape too. Yeah, she, she's listening to a tape. There's no CDs. I, you know, I, I think this is definitely like the, the They don't have cell phones either. The brown paneled station wagon. Uh, Star sixty nine was available in nineteen ninety two or three. I don't mm. think it is anymore. Okay, yeah, you know, Rob, good job. I, I like wow. you're looking for these clues. That's more attention, I guess, than I paid. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I, I was going with 80s throughout the first half of the movie until I saw the Super Soakers, and I went, I remember when... It's 1994, in, Yeah, in like 1993, when we were during the drought here, it was a big deal to buy Super Soakers, fill them up, and have squirt gun fights in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. that's and what the we cops did. weren't wearing a frickin', like... Uh, oh, yeah, the cop car's the, definitely the, not a the, crown Yeah, Yeah, well, the cops weren't wearing, like, fucking body armor. They were just dressed <laughs> like regular cops. Well, in 2006, for the most part, cops were... That was around the time I think they started getting equipped with only crazy during shit. Occupy. <laughs> uh, or you know, our campus protests at UC well, Santa that was, Cruz. That was like two thousand five. Yeah, but they didn't wear them on normal patrol. <laughs> I don't know. They wore anyway. them. They wore them when they were covering a protest, and in uh, general. Cops pretty much I, do so the same now. I often, when, when I see things like that uh, in films like this, where it is not explicitly stated that it is 1996, um, my general, uh, excuse, like the, my, my explanation for that is that it was written by somebody who grew up when things were like that, and they're an adult now, and they're not thinking about what it's like to be a kid today. Yeah, how old is Dan So it's Herman, not though? meant he's to, like, he's, he's, 40, he's 47. Okay, so he uh, was around in 82. He right. would have been that age and stuff like that. So, like, I think it just feels a little unstuck because the, well, he, yeah, and he would have been, like, you know, 14 years younger then. But um, I feel like it feels a little bit unstuck in time because the writers are writing from, like, their memory of their childhood, but also kind of going, oh, but, you know, let's use the technologies and things like that, like, you know, just kind of make it sort of modern day, but not really be thinking about, like, oh, maybe these kids have cell phones. Maybe we should figure out what kind of video game this guy would actually be playing. I mean, I think they barely clearly had a time in mind and just made it look like that. I, I don't, but um, that it does, it's a good, it's a Punk good theory. Ra, like her hairstyle, like uh, Z's hairstyle, like, yeah. What were the models of the cars? My brother would know. There was a gremlin and there was a paneled, uh, a wood paneled station wagon, which was what very 1992. The, what about the cop car? The cop car was uh, one of the earlier uh, Chevrolet ones, not mm. the Crown Vicks, and now they have Explorers. Uh, but back in 2006, they had Crown Vicks. Hmm. 
So that's what it's about. Yes, indeed. It's about <laughs> the year 1994, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Well, I, I, so I think it was 1994. There's also, you know, just in general, like, this sort of, like, Wonder Years kind of vibe. Right. Which uh, is like, a, lot of and are, a lot of people compared it to the Goonies. Yeah, right. Goonies, and just that age of cusping on puberty, friendship, uh, fights over right. girls. In addition to Zemeckis' animation company, who's the other producer on this? Amblin. Right. Of E.T. fame. And exactly. Goonies fame, I believe. So, yeah, there is that nostalgia and kind of the look of it, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, and then, like what Tess said, I guess it's maybe just something as simple as the makers looking back toward their own childhood in, in shaping how they went about it. Yeah, but also, like, yeah. I, I mean, I there's just that. so many little details. Like, the cordless phones that, like, you know, you can carry it halfway across the street and stuff like that. Nobody's had one of those since, <laughs> like, 2002. Okay, so let me keep us honest, though. We are in What's It All About. So, Rob, what uh, what's it about, man? I mean, like I said, it's uh, it's not about a whole lot, and they didn't try to do a whole bunch of stuff. It was basically just, uh, here's a three-act story, and uh, we're not getting too ad adventurous here. We've got our work cut out for us doing all this motion capture and fucking... Mm -hmm. There's a ton of, <laughs> ton of CG and all that stuff. So, um... Not about a whole lot. I mean, I guess the guy uh, secretly wanted to be unmarried uh, because he's finally free after 45 years, married to a house um, that he, he built with his own two hands. House. Yeah, and he built it with his own two There's, hands. like, a part where he's, like, talking to the house, and he, like, tells the house, like, you've been a bad girl, have you? And I was like, get your kinky shit out of here with that house, dude. <laughs> well, you know, you got to... If you build a house with your own two hands, there's going to be some kinky shit in there. Yeah, I like mean, he talks to the house yeah, like it's a puppy dog or something. The house is full of toys. But yeah. it's his wife. <laughs> and, and, and you got to learn to like the pain of uh, smashing your finger with a nail. Bring me toys! <laughs> I'm trying to spice things up, and I'm tired of being the only one working at this. <laughs> well, I thought I'd put a little varnish on you. <laughs> I'm, sweetie, I'm sorry. You know, I'm Steve Buscemi. I got a lot, a lot of auditions to do. Yeah, you get your, your shingles are all out of whack. Why well, you got your shingles all bunched up, honey? <laughs> <laughs> what voice am I doing now? Um, no, but I mean, I guess it's about, um, you know, if, if we wanted to get deep with it, it's about, like, kind of being chained to the commitments that you've made in the past. Uh, you know, he's tried to tame this giantess and bring her out of captivity and, and this and that and blah 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 couldn't do it and he got saddled with this uh, house problem for 45 years it's just what happened uh, it's about having a mortgage yeah you maybe shouldn't have <laughs> freaking done that if you didn't want to be stuck there <laughs> keeping kids off your damn lawn eh look at you now now go on vacation and get some sun yeah, pasty motherfucker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, Brady, what do you think it's all about? Um, I so the stuff you just said, like if there's a theme, like it's that, like because I guess you know that's finally what like the narrative is, is through all these hijinks, we eventually discover that yeah, this guy um, is kind of repeating the trauma. His wife was foisted on him through the house thing, and she was repeating trauma that was inflicted on her. So, like, yeah, if 
the movie like tacks on a little moral that's about letting go of hurts and pain and you know freeing yourself from obligations that are unhealthy and toxic but it is not about that it is about a monster house mm -hmm. this house eats anything anything that comes near it on halloween but why did the house become a monster i mean because really, of all that stuff why I said, did it happen yes yeah, but it's, it's not halloween yet put the house on the couch sit down with a little pen it's like, not. All right, house. It's Lay not down. Halloween yet when it eats the ball or even the kid. Oh, but I, I thought Buscemi's whole thing is. See, it's much easier to call him that than Nettercracker. Never cracker. Well, I mean, it, it it starts off on the day before Halloween, and it's Halloween. Uh, you know, after they stay up all night watching the house, wondering if it's going to eat somebody. Okay, so mm -hmm. Bones gets eaten at midnight. All right, we solved that one. But what right. about the ball? Shh, wait, wait, wait! I'm still doing what's it all about. Um, I don't know about the ball. Wait, what ball? Oh. Basketball gets sucked in. Oh, yeah, the house always takes stuff. I thought it was only on Halloween, is what he said. Uh, it eats people on Halloween, I guess. Maybe it's just the Halloween season. Or I, yeah. I, I got the feeling that it ate people all the time. Didn't it's you just know? that Halloween's Halloween was, was the problem day where everybody comes to the house. And so I, oh. I don't think he was being a dick all year round to keep them away at Halloween. I think he was just being a dick all year round to keep them the, away from the house yeah, all year round. That was the impression that I got as well. I'd have to go back and look because I thought it was a, like, at Halloween thing. He says something like that, but, like, and it's, like, sort of implied. Maybe it's just in well, fall. Well, she but, freaks out on Halloween. Yeah. And that's what makes her fall and, and fall into the concrete and, and die and stuff like that. Right. So I think it's more about him and remembering it and knowing that that's the anniversary of this tragic event. Okay. Than so, it is about that the house only does it then. Yeah, sure. Because clearly the house doesn't. Okay, so this is about a monster house. It's a house that eats things. Uh, and it's a playful movie that exists to uh, show off Zemeckis's new technology at the time, and to do uh, you know well to show that he could do it better than he did it with <laughs> Polar oh Express. Boy. Yeah, uh, even though I think Polar Express kind of looks better than this. Really? I, yeah, Polar Express is really beautiful, but it's it's too uncanny valley. It's right. so it's weird looking. The characters in this don't look good, but I guess they look better than the Polar Express yes. I totally characters. think they look better than the Polar Express. People. Well, I mean, they don't look more detailed. They specifically look more yeah, cartoony and, and blah, blah, blah. To, yeah, to fucking chill it out because they, they realized people don't like looking at realistic looking uh, CG models. They can zombie-eyed children mm -hmm. and Tom Hanks. Yeah. And five Tom Hanks. Five Tom Hanks. Each one more vacant and soul dead than the last. <laughs> Thank God Tom Hanks never did that again in any... Oh, wait. Yeah. Cloud Atlas. Okay. <laughs> oh, I kind of like Cloud Atlas. I know, no, I like Cloud Atlas, too. It's just so does that, Dan Harmon. But it's just Tom Hanks doing five different Tom Hanks' <laughs> stuff again. And singing about hot chocolate. And, and, you know, Russian nesting dolls and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is, so this is about monster houses. Are they good? Should we have them? The movie says no. I, I think that's just we up to the Homeowners have. Association. Yeah, it's really pro-Homeowners Association. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, if you've got a freaking sleeper... Uh, homeowners association you might end up with a monster house on your block that's why the house never presented itself to like he, like adults until it did yeah, but scared shitless of the HOA because it doesn't yeah it doesn't want to get shut down by the HOA 
<laughs> all right, Tess, what do you think this is all about? Uh, it's about not getting shut down by the HOA. Um, For kids. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's about, uh, I think Brady really nailed it. It's about a monster house. Thank you. It is a house that is a monster. And, and that's, and these kids have to stop it. And that's, that's what it's about. Gotta stop it, gotta stop it, gotta stop the monster house. Yeah. And they um, do. And they do. They do succeed. They really do. And then that guy has nothing but a pit. Now he lives in a pit. Yeah. <laughs> but he's gonna go on vacation, so it's all good. Yeah, he is. It's yeah. True. And maybe he'll rebuild um, that spiral staircase <laughs> no, in the middle. I just want him to live in the pit from now on. It's about Robert Zemeckis <laughs> getting pit. to use oh, okay. his uh, tech technologies that he loves so well. Um, yeah. This is a Parks and Rec prequel <laughs> <laughs> for Andy, who lives in a pit. Yeah. Andy lives in a pit. Remember the first season, the Chris Pratt character like lives in a pit. I just no, he doesn't that. live in a pit. He just oh, fell he in the fell pit in and the broke pit. his leg. But then he stays down and, there. And, yeah. and then Leslie Nope is trying to make it so that... No, he doesn't stay down there. They're just, they're just trying to fill it in and make a playground. Oh. <laughs> I thought he stayed there for like a night at least or something. No, he, he just makes his whole life about the, about the, the injury. Um, yeah, so Sony Pictures made this. Uh, and uh, yeah, Zemeckis is... Uh, like that said, it's a lot about the, the graphics. Uh, Image Movers is the name of the company. It used to be mm -hmm. called something else, like South Park, or no, Southside. Um, Southside Effects, Southside Digital, something or other. Um, and it's based in Marin, so, you know, uh, we're in Richmond. That's not far from us. You know, it's where Starfleet Academy is, and all that kind of shit. Um, we're making it all about us. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I wrote a box about it being the 90s because of Super Soaker. The, uh, the game that that guy was playing, I was like, what, like, it was, uh, I don't you know, think, I don't think they had somebody make the, well, I guess they, it's all CG, so they probably just did it, but it, it kind of looked like Golden Axe or Gauntlet. Totally. They still have Super Soakers, you know. They do. But... They don't have uh, and arcade pizza machines places. Like that. Pizza places do still have old arcade machines sometimes. Not really. It's just they just can't keep them going, and people don't put money in them, and like uh, you know, all the pizza, the pizza machine shut down. Brady and I went and saw yeah. the pizza machine. Uh, we did. Oh, for the listeners, let's marble. set that up. No, the pizza machine was a place with a, a big marble machine, and it was a pizza joint, and that's where we went to play Mortal Kombat. Correct. When we were kids. Yeah, and, uh, nice old pizzeria smell. Yeah, we found somebody who uh, rebuilt the pizza machine, and then he made another one, and he was selling it. He's being a kinetic artist. Same stug. He's cool. Yeah, a cool machine. A In little marble on a silver track. Indeed. Um, should we go to understudy? Mm-hmm. Okay. I will click the thing that makes the theme happen. And then we shall hear. We're so sorry we couldn't get the actors 
to do the scene from this screenplay But we've got two understudies And to be honest, they're probably more famous anyway So try to catch the actors, try to catch the movies Tweet us at C-A-R-N-Y couch This game called understudy is happening, happening, happening right now Hey, Sparks. Dad! I missed you. How did you? Oh, I'm sorry I couldn't be there for you, sweetheart. You're not real! None of this is real! That's my scientist. When I was unconscious, you downloaded my thoughts, my memories, even Pensacola! We thought this might make things easier for you. Why did you contact us? You contacted us. We were just listening. And there are others? Many others. And they all travel here through that transit system that you built. We didn't build it. We don't know who did. No, they were gone long before we ever got here. Maybe someday they'll come back. All the other civilizations that you find, they come here? Not all. Is it some test? No. No tests. You have your mother's hands. You are an interesting species. An interesting mix. You are capable of such beautiful dreams and such horrible nightmares. You, you feel so lost, so cut off, so alone. Only you're not. See, in all our searching, the only thing we found that matters is the emptiness bearable in each other. What happens now? Now you go home. Home? But I have so many questions. Do we get to come back? This was just the first step. In time, you'll take another. But other people need to see what I've seen. They need to see. This is the way it's been done for billions of years. Small moves, Ellie. Small moves. What is this? That was understudy. Tweet us your answer at C-A-R-N-Y couch. That was fun. That was a fun episode of understudy. Once again, always, if you go on Twitter and you tweet us at Carney Couch and say, oh, and the understudy... Um, Brady was definitely doing this character actor, and Rob was definitely doing this character actor, and that scene was from this movie. Well, then, a lot of things happen. We'll tell you what they are once you do that. Big things. Vague big things. things. Big, big things. Big things. We're, we're doing it bigly. Bigly. Weekly. We always do that. Uh, here at Carnivorous Studios. We mm. do it bigly. Oh, Ah, oh, yes, the dog is in here now. Yes, the dog. We, is we have a puppy here. playing with the drapes. He's very cute. He thinks if he plays with the drapes in the right way, we'll open the dog door so he can go outside and bark and spoil the audio on my podcast. Aww. <laughs> he would love to ruin the podcast. You're a very good pog. Yeah! So, at any rate, um, are there more points about this movie? What, so, do, we, what do we think about uh, the various characters? Um, the characters. Yeah, what, I mean, what do you think about DJ? Uh, he's a good kid. He's a little, uh, 
he spies a lot, but it's uh, it comes from a good place. I don't know. He, he's a little next doorish, I guess. But this house is really weird. <laughs> well, kid's a fucking narc. I I think DJ just kind of your standard like cookie cutter. Okay, here's a main protagonist in an American movie from he 1994. <laughs> um, what 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 about uh, Bones and and Z or otherwise known as Elizabeth? I think Bones they has weird kids. weird puffin teeth. And he freaks me out when he does anything or moves his mouth in any way at all. I think these people are dicks. Uh, he, yeah, he's dicks. mean. He rips the stuffed bunny. Yeah, he, he rips up his bunny. Although, although that might have been like a, a, a statement on uh, growing up, you know. Like, uh, yeah, uh, you're hanging move. out. Yeah, it was a dick move, but I mean, you're hanging out with the big kids, big kids now. And, you know, at first he was like, oh. He was not hanging out with them. That That's true. They were hanging around him and being dicks. But, um, there's that. And Z? And um, Z? I like, like Z, but she's, you know, she's she's a little mean, but, like, yeah, I if, like the performance. If Z was my babysitter, I probably, like, would have been into her. <laughs> I would have been like, ah, there's an older lady who's mean to me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> I hope everyone out there an old lady to be mean to them. Well, you know, she's different, but that's what would happen to. Look, twelve is a weird age for for guys. All right. Yeah, no, I know. It's it's weird when things happen with babysitters, and and it's weird having a babysitter at twelve, and then it's also like, wait a minute, I'm on the cusp of puberty, and you're a real woman. Hmm. Although I. Didn't talk in such a confident Cary Grant voice back when I was 12. Um, at any rate... You've made up for last time. Chowder. What do you guys think of Chowder? Uh, Chowder wears a red cape everywhere. I don't <laughs> yeah. know why. What was that It about? is not explained. I like Chowder. Um, I think Chowder is the most capable person in this movie. Do you like the red or the white? Chowder. There's red Chowder. I can never remember that. White? Yes! Ace what are you talking about? It's the password. What's the password? New England clam chowder. Is that the red or the white? I can never remember that. Because white? Uh, I'm getting into soups now. I want to make soup. So the red is the Manhattan style, which a lot of people make fun of. I understand it's not as good as the white, but hey. Manhattan's got to do its own thing. Yeah, when you make, when you make your chowder... Yeah. Use, like, coconut flour or whatever to, to thicken it so I can have some. Sure. Mm-hmm. And also, don't poison me we with it. We won't poison you. Oh, so many rules. I can't poison anyone. Okay. Well, the house up Chuck Chowder because... I, that's true. <laughs> if, if anything should be said twice on this episode, <laughs> it's that this house vomits. Also the Children. Last, also, the last time I had clam chowder, I got sick. So... Well, yeah, clam chowder is like, it's a lot, right? Clam chowder is a lot. So what do I think no, of chowder? No, I love clam chowder, but you I say, just happen to have, yeah. You say chowder is the most capable. Yes, he can drive the tractor, even though he's playing off like, I don't know what I'm doing, but he's able to drive the tractor. Uh, he thinks of the invention with the freaking uh, uh, vacuum cleaner. Dipter. True, it's not his the fault one that it never gets cable. to do its thing. I, I was impressed by the fact that he was feeding the cable to it instead of like 
you know, normal dumb shit idiot kids would drive the thing up and just let the cable get all tangled and then the fucking thing would fall over. Mm -hmm. He was like sitting there feeding it mm -hmm. gently so that it wouldn't happen. Yeah, like you appreciate his tactility. He's hands on. He he knows what he's doing just innately, and he just kind of sucks at basketball. But you know what? So do I. I suck at basketball, even though I'm tall and lanky. I can fucking do shit though, just like Chowder. See, that's so that's deep of you, because uh, DJ looks much more like you in terms of build. But you're like this chubby kid who wears a cape all the time. Even though I don't wear a cape and I'm not a chubby kid, he's me. You, you know how I wear flannel shirts everywhere all the time? Yeah. The reason I wear flannel shirts is because the wind used to pick them up and kick them back like a cape. And then I felt like I was Nicolas Cage getting off the airplane in the beginning of Face Off. Oh my god. Really? Yes. That's why I'm I wear... I'm gonna take his face off. What's this for? I can eat a peach for hours. Oh, I know that one. What are you quoting? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Never mind. I get it. Uh, hey, we should do Face Off on the podcast. Yeah. That would be a good one. That's a good one. That would be a good one. Um, so, Chowder, Chowder's good. He's, he's a little annoying. He's supposed to be. He's your standard, like, the best friend sidekick who, like, never stops talking. That's his trope, right? He's, and he's totally not getting the girl. And he's not getting the girl. He's not getting the girl. Because we live in a fat phobic society. Yep. Um, or I, I think it's more less fat phobic and just DJ always gets the girl in these situations. He does. Because of countless episodes of television. And it reinforces it. So all the, all the girls grow up watching stuff that go like, oh, okay, I eventually have to choose him, not him. And you know, Chowder doesn't spit very good game. They both suck. They both suck. She shouldn't I don't date like, any of them. I don't like the way that they talk to her. It's it's shitty. She should wait ten years and date Z. Yeah, that's true. I I, I don't like the way they talk to her either, but uh, twelve year old boys are not adept and we need to give them a little leeway because sure. come on. They're, they're fucking twelve. <laughs> she, I mean she to be fair, all these kids suck. Yeah, like, what do you think about Jenny? We haven't talked about Jenny. She yet. she also sucks. Like, and they're trying to like play her like it. She's she's like this like kind kind of like cunning. She's a hedge fund like, baby. Smart, uh, but I don't like it because she seems like you know the kind of person that's just going to end up like a CEO and thinks that being a girl boss is empowering because she's the one exploiting people. Exactly. She's a hedge fund baby who goes to a prep school who enters the thing trying to negotiate and swindle money out of houses as she goes by. <laughs> like, she's the epitome of a uh, capitalist shitbag. She just happens to, you know, have red hair, so I'll give her a pass. And All she, these uh, kids seem just really She's really good at making little smug faces. When they're looking at yeah. her through the telescope, she's just, like, practicing different ways to look smug. Yeah, even yeah. Even though there's no one around. Because she's, like, she's just hmm. naturally smug. Hmm. Everyone do your smuggest sound. Make a smug sound. Hmm. Rob? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. 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 Um, yeah. So that's Jenny. She got a little wagon, but the house eats it. And she yeah. got a little wagon, but Chowder's the house eats it. Chowder's kind of annoying, and JD is just boring. Like, he's boring. He's going to be a dentist just like his parents. DJ. JD. 
<laughs> sure. House, Zach Brown. House monster. I think DJ's going to become a DJ. <laughs> and name only, just, you know, I'm a DJ. Obviously, that's my fucking name. I'm one of the kids named DJ. Can I DJ your party, which is, I show up? Dentist. Yeah, we always want to DJ at dentist. our party. Dude, my party's going to be off the hook. It's going to have a fucking DJ. <laughs> you said you were going to DJ my wedding. And, and, I am. <laughs> Show the fuck up. In fact, he's going to marry DJ from Full House. And they'll be DJ and DJ, and they'll name their son, JD, and their daughter, ZJ. Okay. No, VJ. How about VJ? What's I an don't Indian understand. Name? I figured VJ was just like what what would think people oh, on TV. You mean actually the letters, yeah. Yes. Or maybe I meant VJJ. I don't know. <laughs> All right. You got any more characters we want to talk about? Uh, the dog. Uh, which dog? Let's talk about the dog if he's on the jack o' lantern. Oh, he gets eaten by the monster house. And then he gets. But then he comes back when just they like first everybody see else. the dog, Everyone it's being like a girl dog, and then at the end it pees like a boy dog. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> well, your son Pogue pees like a girl dog all the time. Does Maybe he? Maybe one day he'll pee like a boy dog. Hmm. At the end of a movie on a jack o' lantern. Maybe. In a week on Halloween. Yeah, and then the little jack o' lantern's light goes out and smoke comes out of its eyes, and it kind of looks like it just like. Smoked some pot. It looks like a blown up monster house. Hey, no, the jack o' lantern. I know. I think I just looked at that as, you know, the, the smiling, grimacing jack o' lantern with smoke coming out of it was just a mirror of the the monster house that had just been oh, okay. blown up. But it kind of has this, like, like, Roger Rabbit thanks I needed that face on it, where it's just like, uh, it's got the smoke coming out of its eyes, like, ooh. No, I think that jack o' lantern. Has 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 the giantess in it now. And you know what else? That's a real '90s jack o' lantern. Yeah. That's that's a classic '90s jack o' lantern. Flannel shirt and everything. Kids today wouldn't understand it. Tess, Tess hasn't spoken in a minute, and it's just like, what is going on? We're we're doing our podcast. That's what the fuck's going on. Do you guys want to do Metacritical? Uh, Let me say that better. You guys want to do metacritical? Not metacritical. Metacritical? Only if we've talked about every single character, no matter how large, in this movie. What, what about the parents? What uh, about the police, Rob? Kath oh, Catherine Keener? Catherine O'Hara and Catherine O'Hara. Actually, I, I wish there was more of them, because I think, as always, they're in good comedic rhythm. Yes, the mother is overprotective, and the father is very supporting of his burgeoning son. Yeah, they're, they're the annoying uh, theater couple from Waiting for Guffman. I don't yeah. understand why they hired a punk rock cassette playing girl, though, to babysit their kid. Maybe they used to be punkers themselves. They just She just, like, doesn't present herself in that way when she's getting babysitter jobs. So they yeah. don't know that about her. Because we hear her being nice when she thinks they're still around. And like, more professional, like, hey, kid, how you doing? Put the bag. And then she smashes a potted plant. She yeah. does. And it's like, I'll blame this on you. Who do you think they're going to believe? Me well, or you? And then she rocks out. Yeah. And then dials the phone. That's back when, the, you know, local calls cost minutes. Yeah, and then Bones comes and she regurgitates into his bird mouth. What? 
The vomit keeps coming back, as vomit does. What are you talking about? I'm just saying, I'm just making fun of the fact that Bones has, has a bird mouth. Yes, no Bones has a bird mouth. No one into anyone's mouth in this kid's movie. And she's grossed they out. They did pee in bottles, though. That was gross. She's mm-hmm. grossed out by the bottles full of pee. That's where I was going with that, too. Yes, they're little, tiny Howard Hughes's. <laughs> as if they are Jimmy Stewart looking through a telescope in through a rear window, mm-hmm. but it's a front window. But uh, you know, it's a monster house. Who cares? The front could be the rear. The rear could be the front. Anything could be however it wanted to be. It's a monster. Oh yeah, and I said um, you know that Nick Cannon and John Heater from Napoleon Dynamite being in this is very two thousands. You know what else is? Who the the main cop is? Hmm. Kevin James. Kevin King of James Queens. Oh, from King of Queens. That's who that Another is. very 2000s choice. Oh, I'm getting tired. My back is getting tight. I'm sitting here in traffic on the Queensboro Bridge tonight. Is that the theme song? That is the theme song. I've never seen it. Yeah, I never. I had to I had to cut episodes of that when I was in Master Control. Oh boy. So I had to like trim them and like be like, and then after the theme song, now commercial. Okay, it's got to Okay, and then we do segment one. Commercial segment. You know, I always assumed it was dumb, but any show that gives Patton Oswalt his leg up uh, is at least a little okay in my book. Yeah, and it, uh, Leah Remini, Leah Remini is fun to look at. <laughs> Wait, is she the one who went on to Scrubs? Uh, no. No, That's no. I was Sarah thinking Chuck. of. I was thinking of Jordan, uh, Doctor Cox's. No, wife. she's the she's the one who outed uh, Scientology and wrote going clear and like, oh, escape right. from them fucking. No, sorry. Who I was thinking is the um, the nice lady, the main like good looking lady. Sarah in, Chalk. No, the main lady in uh, Drew Carey show goes on to play Doctor Cox's wife. Oh, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, Jordan. I just know the character. I don't know her name. Actually, I do know her name, but it's not coming to me right now. Uh, the 2000s. The 2000s, yes. You could watch the Drew Carey show. Okay, so let's do Metacritical. We took a week off. Now we'll <laughs> give Brady a chance <laughs> to win. Okay? <laughs> Since Tess is just going to keep fucking beating us at Rosham Badobo. Little pup. <sighs> How do we do this? How do we do this? How do we do yeah. this? Rob gets on the I media forget. machine and says, Brady, brace your eardrums. I met a critical Rob's never gonna win I met a critical Brady's the victor again Woo-hoo. So it's time to play Woo-hoo. I'm gonna lose today Met a critical Yeah, it's time Time to play Hey everybody, welcome to Metacritical The game where we guess this Metacritic score of five movies and then whoever you know got closest to betting all of them and has the lowest combined score you score points by you know guessing 85 and say the actual one's 82 alright you got three points and you're trying to get a low score if you hit it dead on you lose five points the name of the game in addition to getting a zero so because we're trying to keep me from winning, all three of us. Why, uh, what makes you think we're trying to keep you from winning? Because you say it all the time. You come up to me when I'm sleeping and you whisper it in my ear like, we're going to stop you oh, from shit, winning you this hear fucking that? game. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you should go first and then Tess and then me. That way you guys will get to pick twice and I'll only get to pick once. I'm going to shout it in your ear tonight because if you're going to be awake, I want it to startle you. Yeah, you know, 
Fuck subliminal messages. You might want to messages. sleep on the couch this time. Subliminal cool. messages. Okay. Um. Yeah, you want to pick first reigning champ? No, no, you're going to pick first I'm so that I only first. get one choice. Okay, Baba Duke. And then I guess. Uh, yes. yes. Okay. You guess what you think the Metacritic score of the Baba Duke is. Uh, yeah. Baba Duke. Seventy-nine. Nah. Brady, your guess. I'm going with an eighty-six. I'm going with an eighty-eight. Okay. Now let's see what the Baba Duke 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 is. The Baba Duke is fuck an eighty-six. Right. So Brady hit it dead on. I got two points, and Tess got seven. I think, if I remember how it all went. Uh, yes, so that's Brady's correct. a negative five. He's already kicking her asses out the gate. Tess, it is now your turn to go ahead and pick. I pick a, a movie. movie. Yes. Have I picked this one before? Spice World. Uh, I don't think so. No, and Spice it might World. not be in there, but we'll oh, yes, we'll, it will we'll be. go for it. We'll we'll see if it is. It's, it's I like, think it's close enough to the two thousand. Nineteen ninety six, eight, seven, eight, maybe. I think. Seven or eight. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it might be eight. All right, Brady. What do you think Spice World is? Um, I know its reputation is kind of being reevaluated. There are people who really go to bat for it. How up to date do you think Metacritic is? With Spice World, not at all. Mm. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go with like a... Let me go with a 52. 69. <laughs> you randy. <laughs> no, that's what just... What does Tess say? That's just 50. what I think it is. 50. Okay, Spice World. Show me that baby spice. Oh, fuck, it's a 32? Holy shit, we were all... Jeez. What did you say, Brady? I said a 52. Damn, all right. So How, what was it, 32? 32. Oh my goodness. 32. Them, them, uh, male-centric white dudes Metacritic don't oh. like Spice World. We all got a little fucked up off of that one. Tess makes up a couple points. Okay. Yeah, Tess makes up a couple points, but you're still down five. There's no and that was the closest up until that shit happened. All right, Brady, it's your turn to pick a movie. Hmm. What do I do off a special? Can you read me the name of the director? Maybe I know who that is. The director of Spice World is somebody. <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted by, by the Spice, Spice Girls. Girls. There they are. Um, um, Bob yeah. Spears. Okay, I don't know the answer to that. And uh, it's spelled S-P-I-E-R-S. Spears. Spires, maybe. Spires. Spears. Bob Have Spires. we done Hard Day's Night before? Uh, maybe. might not be in Metacritic, but we could try it. I don't believe we have done Hard Day's Night. Um, all right, fine. Let's give it a try. You can give Hard Day's Night a try. All right, I'm going to say Hard Day's Night was eh, not all that well regarded as 72. Tess, what do you think Hard Day's Night is? Um, 73. Um, I know it's very well regarded now. And I think it always was, but but it's also about popular music, so who knows? 
I'm gonna go with like a 79. 79, says Brady. You All put right. your number on the wrong side for me. Oh, sure. Thank you, 73. Where? <laughs> Let us do a search for. This page is not currently available. I, I think I accidentally clicked on the director and it's like, yeah, no, we don't <laughs> keep anything on that, dude. <laughs> Um, so I got to type a thing in here, right? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, a hard day's night. I have a Beatles book called A Hard Day's Right. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, shit. This says... <laughs> oh, no. This says this page isn't working right now. This page isn't working right now. None of the pages are working. What the fuck, Metacritic? A uh, hard... Hard day's night. Doop-a-doo. Top results for a hard day's night. No results found. What if I click on movies? Um, Did you give it the apostrophe? I didn't. Give it that apostrophe. God damn, I hate how finicky their search is. Yeah, I do too. Hard day's night is certified 96 grand. Wow. Deserving. That movie rules. All right, so... Brady's I'm still so happy to be wrong. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go with Magical Mystery Tour then. Okay. I don't think I've seen that one. I think people Maybe. didn't like it when it came out. But it doesn't matter because this website didn't exist when it came out, so it's going to be all like people reviewing it after the fact. No, I think they go back and read back. the reviews oh, from Variety yeah. and blah, 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 and then score it all that way. Yeah, with, with um, a lot of classics. Yeah, it's not the them rating it. It's them. Right, oh, it's yeah. an aggregate. I get that, but whatever. Um, uh, so what was what was Hard Day's Night? 96. Okay, I'm going to go 92. From Magical Mystery Toi. Um, as a movie, I don't think it's very well regarded. Day after day... I'm going to go with like a, I'll go with like a 48. Uh, okay, I think wow. it's low, but I think it's better than that, so 68. I'm getting okay. fucked up. Well, we'll see. I, I don't know. This one I really am not sure. Stop drinking that magic water, and then you won't get fucked up so much. Mm, but it's magic. Sorry, that was just the only thing I could think of to say while I was typing. <laughs> um... And I'm doing the best I can here to keep from the dead air and add energy to this uh, Thank you. little charade. Energy is is good. Uh, it's not in here. Oh. I'm not surprised. It's like... I figured if they bothered doing Hard Day's Night, they would have yeah. just done all the fucking Beatles movies. But, like, a Hard Day's Night is, like, kind of a masterpiece of its form. And yeah, yeah. Magical Mystery Tour is Well, nice. I guess I get to pick another one mm -hmm. then, huh? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Paycheck. What? It's a Ben Affleck movie. No, it uh, is it is it Ben Affleck? I thought it was um, John Woo directed a thing about time travel, this and that. Who's in it? Can you tell me what Maybe it Jackie is? Chan. <laughs> what? I can't remember. I've never uh, heard of this movie. It's it's a movie from the 2000s. Uh, it's about uh, somebody who figures out that uh, Einstein was right and time viewing is possible, but time travel isn't. And the guy looks 
forward in time and figures out the stock market or something, and then everybody comes after him and gets all pissed oh. off because he knew what the hell was going to happen. Why is it called paycheck? Because he's trying to get his paycheck oh. from this investment okay. trade. Um, I think it is bad. I feel like I have maybe seen, like, been in the room with that movie. I on. saw it in the theater. Um, I think my parents might have been watching it one time, and I was just kind of there. Uh, okay, uh, and is John Woo, you said? I think it might be John might Woo. Might be John Woo. I'm going to go 66. Um, my understanding is this was like a disaster. Uh, I think like a 33. That bad? Worse than Spice go, World? I'm going to go with 42. Let's see what it say. This page <laughs> isn't working right now. You know what? Fuck you, Edge. I'm going to open Chrome. Yeah, open Chrome. What were you fucking around with well, Edge for? It just opened when I typed Metacritic. I mean, he's a good bassist, but U2 hasn't been good for years. <laughs> That's true. Well, let's see. What it's we a perfectly doing? good Anthony Hopkins movie about a bear. Paycheck. 43. Oh, Rob, very close. Yeah, I needed the fucking deduction, though, and I don't think that even would have saved me. What are we doing now? What are we at now? What do we got now? We got oh, right, because now, yeah, three you, movies you want the view on what to do with your final move. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, three movies, right, so far? We have four movies. We have done four. Okay. Got it. Okay. Tess, you get to pick the fifth and the final, final movie. movie. The final um, movie. Uh, the live action Lion King remake. Okay, so that that's from what year? Last uh, year. Twenty nineteen. Okay, I'm gonna look it up so I can guess more accurately. <laughs> Brady, what do you think the live action Lion King remake is scored at on Metacritic? I think it's probably scored at like a fifty-two. I think he knows exactly what it scored at. I think he looked this one up ahead of time. Uh, so I'm going to say so. 62. Maybe I'll gain 10 points on you, plus 5 more. Tess, what do you think the live-action Lion King is? 51. All right. Lion King. The Lion King from 1994 is blah, but this one is 55. Wow. Okay. What did I say? Tess said 51. You said 52. I said... 62. Ah, shit. Well, I think we know how this goes. You got them scores, Brady? I will have got them scores. Tess's in one minute. Well, why don't you read the podium in the backward few moments? You know, the sort of way that you do when I get upset. Okay. In third... Place. Who's in fourth place? Um, Pogue. 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 He's bad you didn't even at put this. In a guess, so you he got all zeros. Oh wait, you're the he winner. Doesn't winner. He doesn't speak any English. And he's the winner because he's got all zeros. He's literally behind. He us. wasn't off at all. Okay, uh, in third with seventy-five, Tess. In second, mm. seventy-one, Rob. I got forty-five. Where shit? You know, I, I got to... you guys need to bring Maddie back. I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to play this. Rankin' Metacritical. I want to 
Fuck you. <laughs> there you go. I deserve it. You got yourself. Fuck you, Brady. That's I'm what you fuck get you. for that. All right. Do we have more to say about this movie, or do we want to go ahead and select next week's movie? Uh, what to say about a monster house? Hmm. I like the voice Just acting. because, I'll say this. Just because you have a monster house doesn't make it a monster home. <laughs> What's the mortgage on a monster house? Um, you know, like, uh, couple, uh, couple teenagers every three days or so. So your monthly average is about, uh, 20 teenagers. Okay. <laughs> what's, what's your final thought, Tess? Um, if you feed them investment bankers, you don't have to pay any money. Oh, good. <laughs> Maybe we should. Um, I liked it when the house ate the cops. That house said ACAB. <laughs> yeah, I, I was very confused about the Nate Cannon character. <laughs> like the, the rookie cop. I, that that whole thing fell real flat for yeah, me. Yeah, and he got a lot of screen time. Yeah, like, he did. They thought that character. was really funny, and it was like it wasn't as funny as they thought it was. It felt like Nick Cannon improvisation to me. Yeah, yeah. it was like, don't worry, I'm gonna do some funny stuff. Here we go. Oh, and it was so weird well, to see fine. the guns, like the cops holding yeah, real right? guns. That was just so jarring to me. Well, I was fine with the uh, with the the the. Uh, sergeant or the boss kevin the, james yeah the chubby white cop i was fine with him i just didn't like like the rookie guy dancing around and being all crazy and talking on the radio way too loud and it was weird yeah i yeah it see it did feel like improv in a movie that was otherwise scripted it was very odd uh yeah well that's see that is like because we talked about this with willard where i thought the scene of like <laughs> the cat getting eaten to the old Willard or the old Ben music is like a very sticky Ots thing. This is also like so uh -huh. Ots. You've got Nick Cannon who like is a big, you know, big deal, big on MTV at the time. And you've also got John Heater like, you know, in the making of this, probably only a year off of Napoleon Dynamite. So I can see like a producer being like, we got to get these guys and just let them do their thing. The people like, they, they need more Napoleon Dynamite. Just let him do, like, weird, wacky stoner shit. That kid was hardly in it at all, though. I know, but while he's doing it, he's doing very much the, like, oh, God, like, I rule. I'm being the arcade game. Yeah. Like, it's it's very, like, let the, the current stars off their chain because we think that's what the kids want to see. I think it was just have them come in and do their thing because we can get them right now. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a hot cake. Yeah, it's well, like, the, serve it to them. The movie had... A lot of names. I think they just called in favors and went like, uh, we, we want names attached to this weird experiment that we're doing with with the graphics and trying to do it better than Polar Express. Yeah, I mean, you've got Robert Zemeckis attached. I'm not surprised you can get Nick Cannon yeah. and Kevin it, James. Yeah, no, it made its money back and, and uh, yeah. doubled, doubled the thing. And actually, Robert Zemeckis wasn't really attached to it other than that it's his production company that's doing right. all the work. But he wasn't a producer. Either, but yes, he was. No. He was a producer, yes. Well, I okay. saw his name in the credits. Oh, okay. When I, when I was <laughs> reading the Wikipedia article, it, it, was, it wasn't listed. But, um, uh, yeah, I guess he de facto gets producer because he's producing the visual effects because of his independent film company. 
Mm -hmm. There's independent effects company. Well, at any rate. Well, there's um, a final thought. Yeah. Do, what, do we want to pick the, uh, next, the week. Next, mm -hmm. next week's movie? All right. What was that thing I said earlier in the uh, podcast? And we went like, oh, that, oh yeah, Face Off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put up Face Off. Okay. You want to put up a movie, Brady? Um, yeah. I, I'm going to give up on the Halloween one. We got our Halloween episode in. And by the time we record our next one, it will be November. Uh, so, I'm going to go back to Eight Men Out. Eight Men Out, eh? Eight Men Out. What is that? It is a movie about the uh, Black Sox World Series throwing scandal of mm. 1919. And uh, ah. it's, it's from a filmmaker I really love named John Sayles. Alrighty. Uh, How Sue. Hausu. Oh, Tess puts forth Hausu. Let's all put forward another one. Why? Another, because sometimes we do this like this. Actually, most of the time we because do this like this, where we put a bunch of them, and then we select of the pool which one yeah, we you want. Yeah, you don't have, have to, to pick yours. your own. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll also put forward uh, Stuck on You, which I've been chipping at. Can you write these down? Because I'm going to lose track. Okay, I think so I can got, remember the yeah, six. Yeah, we got Face Off, Eight Man Out, Hausu. Uh, I'm going to say No Country for Old Men. All right, third time in a row. Mm, uh, um, Sin City. <laughs> Sin City, says Ted. Keeping it in the odds. Okay, so now we've got six. I was looking at, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I was looking at the graphic novels on the counter. Fry shelf from there. Futurama. Yeah, yeah, that was basically. <laughs> okay, so now we've got happened. six movies out there. Does everybody know what the six movies are? Yes. yes. Okay, pick one that you would like to sponsor. I'm, I'm going to do mine. I want to do Eight Men Out. All right, I'm going to do uh, Sin City. No, no, I'm going to do Face Off. Yeah. Why would you pick one that wasn't yours? Um, well, how I to? like doing that. You're, you're going to do how to? Okay. Uh, let's Rochambeau. Uh, why don't Tess and Brady face off, and then I'll face off the winner. Okay. Wait, doesn't that give you an advantage? It does. <laughs> uh, how, how does it give him an advantage? Because he gets a bye to the final round. Oh. Let's yeah, do it like we did sense. it last time. Well, well, wait, no, no you're, we're each playing uh, uh, separate games. We're each playing one game. I don't understand. No, he's right. Yeah, no. All right. It's, it'll be the same results as if we all do it at the same time. <laughs> Rochambeau. Oh, wait. Sorry, I forgot what I was doing. What the fuck, Rob? <laughs> I forgot what I was doing. I didn't look. I didn't see you throw anything. Anyway, ready? <laughs> Shady. What on earth? We got to juke it. We got to juke it. <laughs> Rochambeau. <laughs> Uh, that's a, a three-way tie, because we got all eaten. threw different stuff. You got eaten. I you got, got eaten. I banged We got to do it again. Rochambeau. Again? Oh. <laughs> we all threw the same shit. Yeah, we did. Ready? Rochambeau. <laughs> oh, again. <laughs> okay, somebody's got to throw something different. <laughs> all right, again, let's go. Rochambeau. Whoa. <laughs> We all all rock. rocks. Yeah. Oh, good Ready? old rock. Nothing beats rock. <laughs> Rochambeau. <laughs> <laughs> all rocks again. This is great. Ready? Rochambeau. Oh. Rock. Rob. Against two scissors. Rob gets face off on. Okay. Well, we break the streak of guests winning. Yes. 
And I dare say, I think Tess still wants to be here for Face Off. Maybe. Yeah, we'll so see. perhaps we'll get her back. I, I would like to be here for, for Face Off. All right. It's your podcast. <laughs> Yay! Anybody need anything? Anybody want anything? Anybody doing anything? Or are we just skipping off and watching some Star Trek? Let's watch Star Trek. Okay, All cool. Right. Uh, did we mention anybody? Uh, did we? Robert Zemeckis, my good friend Robert Zemeckis. He reminded me of Natalie Ward, so Natalie Ward was mentioned. <laughs> anyway, thank you, and as always, <laughs> bye bye. Carnivorous couch, it happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch with Brady and Rob. Get your kinky shit out of here with the house, dude.